This is our third session on 1 Thessalonians 2, 13-16. And my question is, what did the Thessalonians believe? What did they believe in? And what was the experience of believing? And I would ask the same thing to you. What, what is your faith in, and what is the nature of your faith? So, Father, as we tackle this tremendously important issue of, are we really believers? What can we know about faith or belief from these letters, First and Second Thessalonians, starting right here, that would help us to believe as we ought? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And on account of this, we also thank God constantly that when you received the Word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the Word of man, but as it really is the Word of God, which is at work in you who, you who believe. So the Word of God is savingly at work, at work unto some end, probably eternal life. The Word of God is at work in believers. In the next time or two, we'll talk about, is, is that work the work to produce the belief? Is the Word working to produce the belief? Or is the word working through belief to produce holiness, love, courage? But right now, what do they believe in? And what are they doing when they believe? What is the believing? Let's just jump around in this letter to see what Paul says they are believing. Chapter 1, verse 8 Your faith in God. Faith in God has gone forth everywhere. Chapter 4, since we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So they believe in God and they believe in Jesus, that he died and that he rose again. And all that that signifies for taking away our sin and removing the wrath of God, as it's spelled out in 5, 9, and 10. 2 Thessalonians 2.13, God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. So they believe the truth. They believe God. They believe Jesus. They believe his death. They believe his resurrection. They believe the truth. What's the truth that they believe in? So let's go back to the beginning here in chapter 1. Our gospel our gospel, that's the word we preach to you that you receive, not merely as the word of man, but the word of God. Our gospel came to you not only in word, but in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction, and you received 
Actually, it's that same word, accepted, over in chapter 2, verse 13. You accepted the word, you welcomed the word in much affliction with joy in the Holy Spirit. So, this believing of the word, the believing of the truth, believing God, believing Christ, believing his death and resurrection was not a mere intellectual embrace of a fact, right? It was a, an acceptance, a welcoming that was so entranced by the glory of the message of the gospel, so satisfied and deeply moved and so treasuring of Christ and of God and of their salvation that when affliction arose because of their receiving that gospel, they rejoiced. Now that's crazy, right? That's crazy conversion. That's real. That is real. It's not prosperity gospel. That is real belief in the God of the gospel, the Christ of the gospel, the cross of the gospel, the promise of the gospel of kingdom and glory that we've seen so real that joy endures affliction. And there's the key, right? This word was illumined by the Holy Spirit so that they could see the glory in it. And receiving is a good restatement for believing, isn't it? Because we, we remember what John said back in John 1.12, Jesus came to his own and his own people did not receive him, but to as many as received him, did receive him, who believed. So those are the same, right? But to all who receive him, who believe, receiving and believing, interpret each other. He gave the right to become the children of God. So what are they doing when they believe in God, believe in Jesus, believe in the truth, believe in the gospel? They are accepting it, not as the word of men, but as the word of God in such a way that it frees them to suffer. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did. So you've got the issue of suffering in chapter 1 to validate the authenticity of their faith. And you've got the issue of suffering here, which shows that the acceptance of God, of Christ, of the cross, of forgiveness, of the hope of kingdom and glory is so deeply transformative, so deeply satisfying, so precious to them, it is more valuable than escaping suffering. And they're just baby Christians. Think of it. Oh, that we had such power in evangelism as to bring about that kind of conversion. Let me show you one more thing about the nature of their faith in Second Thessalonians. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. So he's describing this event at the end of the age and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they did not accept, there's our favorite word again, they did not accept the love of the truth. It doesn't say believe here, it will in just a minute. They didn't accept the love of the truth in order to be saved. 
So Paul is describing the path to salvation here, not just in terms of faith, but receiving the Holy Spirit's work in your heart of the love of the truth. You keep going. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion because they would not accept that. They didn't want to have love for truth in their hearts. They wanted to make up their own truth. That's what millions of people do today. I don't want God to give me a love of the truth. I want to decide what is true for myself, and I'll love whatever I love. Thank you very much. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe, believe what is false. So God is punishing this refusal to embrace the love of the truth with deception in order that they may be condemned who did not. Now he shifts to believe. Believe the truth. Here it's love the truth. Believe the truth. But the alternative to believing the truth is having pleasure in unrighteousness, which sheds light on the fact that believing here is interpreted as loving, cherishing, treasuring the gospel here. And the alternative to it is not disbelieving, but delighting in the wrong thing. That's the issue. So, what happened when the gospel came? to the Thessalonians, is that it came as the word of God in the word of man. It came as gospel, and God enabled them to accept it in love, accept it by treasuring it, and treasuring it so fully that they were willing to suffer for it and to suffer for it with joy worked by the Spirit. So that's the experience of faith in the church at Thessalonica. And now the question is, when Paul says that the word was at work, does he mean the word worked such faith, brought about such faith, or does he mean the word encounters this faith and thus produces effects, holiness, courage, love? Next time.